Hey everybody, welcome back to the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast, where it's all about learning from the best minds in the sport so you can train smarter, stay healthy, and run faster now. And here's your host, Will Musto. Hello audience. How many of you consider yourselves marathoners? When was the last time you raced something shorter than 10 kilometers? Today's guest, Hugh Enix, was the top American at the 2011 Masters World Marathon Championships, finishing in 6th place overall. Would you believe me if I told you that he was also the age group 50-54 to bronze medalist at 3,000 meters in 2011 at the USA National Masters Indoor Track and Field Championships? That's a lot of range. Hugh, a retired Army officer, took a 20-plus year break from serious training while serving in the United States Army before getting back to the grind in his early 40s. Now, a dozen years later, he regularly logs training weeks with between 60 and 80 miles and is one of the best runners in the country at his age group. Want to know the trick to his success? He says it's racing at varied distances over the course of the year and not getting stuck in a rut. Here's some of the other things we're going to talk about in this interview. Juggling a serious training workload with the rest of life. The importance of core strength as you age. Acknowledging that recovery is more important than ever before. And logging a high volume of injury-free base miles. As always, to check out any resource we mentioned during this interview, go to www.runnersconnect.net slash rc36. That's runnersconnect.net slash the letter R, the letter C, and the number 36. Well, I've given a brief introduction about you, Hugh, uh, but how about you go ahead and tell the audience in your own words a little bit about your background, uh, you know, how you got into running, and then what's what's kept you in the sport for the last 40-plus years? Well, I grew up with running. It was uh, My dad was a runner at, and team captain at Purdue, and then I grew up with uh, him as a coach for many years. Uh, and then he went to being a principal, but the my younger years, all the way up through uh, fifth grade, he was a coach. Coached all over Indiana, and and then uh, coached uh, one year at Indiana State when he was getting his master's degree. So for me, I grew up running, and from there, it just continued. And uh, then when I was in the military for 20 years, I raced, but not as much because I got tired of getting in shape and then uh, deploying and being gone, but I always stayed in shape. And then when I retired after that, uh, 12 years ago, I got into running some more and getting in really good shape. And then I realized I was uh, 42 at the time, and I realized I still had a quick step. And I said, well, I'm just going to get after it. So I started increasing the running. Got into trail racing at first with 50 milers and stuff, and I realized that was just a little bit too slow for me. I like the uh, quicker racing on the roads and the tracks. So I transitioned, and uh, it really took off from there. So you actually didn't even really get into – serious series running until from you had a, a gap basically from when you were 20 to when you were 40 essentially pretty much yeah that was a good gap i mean i stayed in shape but not the racing shape that people would expect mm -hmm. but uh yeah i stayed in shape and then uh right before i retired i started putting in probably uh 40 to 50 mile weeks and then uh realized that there was a lot more in the tank and and then from there i just started to uh read and 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 go back over things and uh research and see where i needed to go yeah absolutely um so let's talk about you know 
now you're now you're an ROTC instructor uh, as well as cross country coach and track and field coach at Red Bank High School in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Let's talk about juggling. Uh, I guess over the last dozen years, what it's been like juggling training at a at a pretty high level with also the rest of life. That's a pretty busy schedule in and of itself. Yeah, it is. And consider most people probably wouldn't want the schedule, but for me, it's worked out. It was, uh, when I first retired, I was at Red Bank. I ran a lot of my runs were, um, like I said, I was trail running. So a lot of my runs were real early in the morning. And then I was helping out and, and coaching the cross country and track team. So I would run, uh, the, uh, rebuilding team actually. So, re, uh, run easier runs that evening. And that's how I was getting my mileage. But over time with the, I also coach rifle team and an academic team and I personal train on the side. So the schedule, it can get kind of hectic at times. So I really have to plan what I'm going to do week by week, a couple, three, four weeks out ahead of time. Um, and then the basic layout of where I want to be six months from now has to be done six months out. So you really have to uh, look at the schedule and, and see where you're at. But I've transitioned to where I like my easy runs a couple, three times in the morning, along with my core work in the morning, about four o'clock in the morning, and all my harder runs after I train my team, I'll come home and do a harder run myself or workout. It just works out that way. Yeah. Now, do you actually write out your training plan six months in advance, or do you just have it in your head? I have it in my head after all this time. I, I can kind of keep a, a generic plan in my head, and then what I do is uh, I monitor as I go, and I adjust as I get within a couple of weeks, I'll adjust it based upon how I feel, the mileage, and then, you know, things pop up in life, you, you know, with, with uh, three sons and everything. So you got, and in the program, you've got a lot of different things going on. So um, you just adjust as you go. But uh, the basic plan, um, mileage, uh, whether or not you want to be in speed work or just base training or a mixture, it's a generic plan in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh you know, you said you wake up a few days a week at 4 a.m. I've known you for a few years. I imagine you probably wake up the rest of the week at 4.30 or 5. And then you're you're running after practice in the evenings to get workouts in. So uh, are you, you know, how much sleep do you get? What time do you go to bed? How much? How does that work? Well, I turn into a pumpkin about 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. So. <laughs> <laughs> I go to bed pretty early. It's not a real okay. exciting one. But it, to be... Uh, with the schedule I have and to be a competitive, if you will, regional, national, international runner for my age group, the workouts have to be there and, yeah. and, and the distance runs have to be there. So if you, you're not going to do that unless you really, really stay committed and focus on what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Now talk, talk about for a little bit, um, you know, kind of your achievements as a runner over the last 10 or 12 years, what, what have you accomplished? Uh, let's see, I've won uh, a lot of little things. And, and you know, sometimes, um, when, you know, when you're racing against younger runners, it's kind of odd, but when you're when you're in your 50s and you're racing, you know, 25, 26-year-olds and they beat you by about two steps and they're excited, you're like, well, that's pretty good, but, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, Chickamauga three times, Chickamauga Battlefield Marathon three times winner, the last three years in a row for the half marathon, three years in a row winner, uh, several state, uh, Tennessee state um, records, depending on the distance, mm -hmm. and then uh, world championship six two years ago, 
um, national champion in the marathon for my age group this last year. Then, of course, I've transitioned anywhere from about 11th in the nation in the mile my age group because I'm more of a marathon runner. That's pretty tough. And then the 3K steeple was second a year ago, and 10K was outdoor on track was second a year ago. Um, just a lot of different things. But I like to mix it up as I go because you can't, for me, I cannot, uh, for, as I get older, I like to mix things up. It's just get, you get stale. And, and to be fast, you got to run fast. So you got to transition somewhere in there for me to uh, speed work and then come back to more distance base work later on. So that's how I do it. Yeah, you actually, uh, that, that kind of actually answers my next question, which was, you know, I was going to say, I know you kind of go in cycles uh, where, you know, for one year or a couple years, you'll focus on maybe marathon training, and then you'll take a year where you're looking at like 3K or 3K steeple or even the indoor mile. Um, and then I think this year you're even focusing on winning uh, the local track club, the Chattanooga Track Club Runner of the Year Award. Um, so that's kind of a, a very variation of distances. Um, and I was just going to say, do you, do you feel like changing your goal races helps you keep being stronger than everybody else in your age group? And I guess you kind of – that keeps you from getting stale, well, you said. Yeah, yeah, because this last year at the end of the year, I got sick a couple for a couple times and – I raced real hard for 18 months with indoor, outdoor, and then marathon training. And I think I just kind of ran myself in the ground. Um, so this summer, uh, I was just calculating the mileage more or less for uh, June, July. And then when we finish in August here, I'll probably be around uh, 860 miles for those three months. So I went back to just basically good tempo, fartlek, uh, aerobic type running just a speed workout with a race. So there's only been three races. Well, yesterday counts too, running in Chicago, but, um, but those are speed workouts and then only two speed workouts on track in July, but getting the mileage up and then having my uh, tempo runs, you know, between 620 and seven minute pace on my longer runs from 14 to 20 miles. And then uh, just kind of just really going back to the core strength though, kettlebells, um, not so much plyometrics, but a lot of body weight type of exercise as well and a lot of stretching. So it's really worked out well. I feel very fit. Um, and I think that's the challenge. And, you know, it's, I think one of the questions coming up is the one of the challenge for masters runners is to stay flexible and to stay fit. And then you really got to, you got to determine what is your plan for the year. So, yeah, so it's coming along pretty well. What, uh, some of those body weight exercises that you do, what might, you know, what are, are those, are those from specific programs or what are, what are those body weight exercises that you do to stay strong? Uh, well, for, you know, with the ROTC program, obviously I, I train the Raiders. So we do a lot of, uh, pushups, crunches, sit-ups, mm -hmm. uh, we do rope climbing. Um, but then also, um, a couple of years ago, I was reading in uh, runner's world and I really like the different forms of planking, you know? Yeah. So, and that, you know, as you get older, uh, especially as you get older, that core, you have to take care of it. And then the other piece of it is a lot of people, they, they say they pay attention to their diet, but they, I don't think they do. You really have to, I hate to say it, but you really, as you get older, especially, uh, you have to take sugars out of your diet. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, what is that I mean, taking sugars out of your diet? Was that, is that completely taking them out of your diet? Is that just reducing it to maybe 10 or 15, 20% or what, it, you know, what does that kind of look like? 
Well, you're never going to take them totally out because you're going to have them in the granola bars you eat or the Gatorade you drink or whatever. But the sweet tea, the Cokes, okay. um, the candy, um, all those things that you could get away with as a kid, you can't get away with as you get up in 40 to 50 years old. The weight <laughs> will hang on you for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Understood. Um, so what would you say the biggest, you know, and maybe maybe the answer is diet. But what would you say the biggest way your training has changed, um, you know, the last 15, 20 years as you've aged? Recovery. You have to, uh, and I think as younger runners, they don't, uh, some of these college coaches, they don't allow their runners for recovery in between hard workouts. Mm -hmm. But especially as you get older, the recovery, you might have been able to recover in 12, 24 hours. Um but if you're going to have hard workouts, instead of three hard workouts a week, I normally do two now. Okay. But, you know, for a general sense, two hard workouts depends on what I'm doing, if it's track or, or training for marathon. But either way, it can only be two hard workouts a week for the right. most part. Right. You can keep up your mileage and all that, but two hard workouts a week, maybe three on certain segments. Or you might, like I had a 65-mile uh, three-day period. Uh, a couple weeks ago, <laughs> but um, but you can do it in spurts. But as a general rule, as the year progresses, it's two to three at most, usually two for me a week. Okay. And that's that's the key change for me. Uh, whereas when you're younger, you usually have you know three hard workouts a week, but now it's just two. Yeah. And I I really try to plan out what those two actually those two hard workouts. Although I say I'm going to have two hard workouts six months from now in, in, in a certain week, it's two weeks out from those that week that I actually determine what those workouts are going to be. Okay, so you actually do have a two-week rolling schedule that you've already planned out. Right, I know. Once I get within two weeks, I know what exactly what it's going to be. Okay. But in, in theory, you know, when I'm planning things out, I say this week's got to be hard, the mileage should be this. But I'm two weeks out, and then you have to adjust it because you get sick or whatever. But, you know, as you get older, I think you really have to say and listen to your body more. You mm -hmm. really have to listen to your body more because you can get injured if you're not careful. Yeah. Now, uh, do you actually, you know, with recovery being that, that focal point, do you actually plan, you know, okay, I'm going to take these two or three weeks completely off during the year. Does that happen, or do you just kind of let that happen because you get sick or injured or – I never plan any, I, you know, quite honestly, uh, for me, just me, I, it, I never, I never tell my athletes or myself to take a week off. Okay. I know people do that. What I tell them to do is take a week or two off, but cross train. Right. If you like swim, go swim. If you like to bike, go bike, but don't just become a couch potato. <laughs> and the only time I take a week off or two weeks off, if I get an injury that I think I need to take uh that time off just allowed to recover mm -hmm. but i'll go cross train if i can because i don't and what i do do is that at certain times of the year when i get done with a particular phase i'll take a week to two weeks and my mileage may instead of being you know 65 to 80 miles a week i'll drop it down to 35 or 40 but it's right. real easy there's no hard workout it's just i'm out there jogging yeah but that's recovery for me mm -hmm. well, what is your uh you know, because obviously a lot of people think or practice or both, you know, the, the act of taking, you know, week or two weeks off after a training cycle. What's what's your mindset behind, even as a coach, 
saying, hey, I, you know, don't don't necessarily take time off. Just go cross train for a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you kind of hinted at don't become a couch potato. But what do you think the benefits between are for just, you know, cross training for two weeks instead of just taking that time off and and, you know, really letting your body super recover or whatever? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just the attitude of being an ex paratrooper, but I just <laughs> I don't like taking time off. Okay. But but you know, for me, but I think the benefit for especially high school runners is you're not going to lose anything in a week. But I think it's a mental, it's a mental, um, if you will, uh, mental uh, outlook that they know that they're still in shape if they're cross training. So when they do come back and we start working again. It's, it's easier for me. And, I, and I'll say this for it, masters runners and grandmaster runners as well, is that uh, there's really no reason to take a week off. Right. You just reduce your mileage, take it easy, cross train, do something else. Now, if you're traveling and you've got, you're going to miss two or three days. Okay, fine. Take that period. Um, if you're in a hotel, hop on the bike for 30, 45 minutes and get some exercise in. But as you get older, you have to continue it because it actually takes you. This is what I found is if you take three or four days off, it's going to take you for every day you take off two or three days to try to get back into some type of shape. Okay. Because as you get older, you're it's just a little bit tougher. That's all. Yeah. So you actually, as a masters or a grandmasters runner, you actually think that's important to not take extended periods off for recovery, but to just you know run easy for a couple of days or or a week or two weeks or whatever. Yeah, except for after, like if you run a marathon race or something like that, that's pretty demanding. So, mm -hmm. you know, you take a couple of days after, off after the marathon and then you cross train for the next five to seven days and get what I would say loosened up, run in the pool, bike, do some light weights, that kind of thing. Yeah. Cool. What is your personal favorite method of cross training? For me? Yeah. I, I like to, uh, uh, like for instance, after a marathon, I'll take pretty much the next two days off to try to recover, and then I immediately hop. I like to bike, stationary bike, for 45 minutes to an hour, and then uh, some light weights, kettlebells or something, and then I also like to run in the pool because there's no, if you will, pounding. There's really not a lot of uh, stress on the body when you do that, It's but it, the movement and the, uh, uh, for me, running in the pool stretches my hamstrings and everything else, so for me, that's what I like to do. Yeah. Um, and when you're, when you're doing that 45 to 60 minutes on the bike, is that just steady riding? Are you kind of doing intervals or what is that? Well, like? just, that's pretty much steady riding, just listening to music or, <laughs> you know, some TV channel or something or, you know, just kind of chilling out, just kind of keeping, and also what I like to do on that is, uh, just, uh, for me, so I extend the pedals, my seat up a little bit, just enough to, uh, if you to um, stretch the hamstring okay. and the Achilles and the calf out just a little bit more. I don't, I don't, I just a steady spin. I don't stand up, get, you know, do all that stuff, go through cycles. It's just a steady, fairly fast spin, but uh, comfortable. Mm -hmm. And you think uh, you, or you found that for you at least pulling that seat up, making it, you know, letting yourself, letting yourself stretch out your hamstrings, your Achilles, your calf, uh, that makes a pretty big difference. For me, it's it's been a, a lifesaver. I think as you get older, the Achilles, the hamstring, the calf, uh, especially your upper hamstring, mm -hmm. has to be stretched. It's it's critical because if you don't, you're going to lose that flexibility. When you lose that flexibility, 
you lose your leg turnover when you run. And then if you lose your leg turnover, you've lost your speed. Right. And speed's critical because I can still crank a sub 3200. Yeah. I've seen when I get into that time period of that speed workout. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, you and you stretch also, you said, right? And like in your gym sessions and stuff? Absolutely. At the, I'll, I'll, I, I, some days are better than others, but absolutely, especially when, I, when I'm with my younger athletes, we stretch a lot before and after each exercise period. And you're just doing your typical stretches or you. Typical a, stretches, nothing. I'm not that. I guess with stretching, I'm not a yoga expert. So, <laughs> you know, I uh, just do typical stretches. But speaking of yoga, for I would say for masters and grandmasters runners, a simple yoga uh, session once or a week or every two weeks is is really good for uh, loosening up your body as well. Okay. Do you do you actually do that? Yes. Cool. Okay. Um, now, what would you say? I, I was going to ask you what, what you were going to say the difference between training at 30 and 50 was, but you you know you weren't. I mean, you can answer that question if you like, but you, obviously you weren't in race sh- race shape. But you were still. I guess you were in the army, so you were still training pretty hard. What would you say the difference between being a 30 year old and a 50 year old training wise is? Uh, well, I, I really can't answer that question because of the reason you just stated. Okay. But I can tell you, I don't know because I train with 30 year olds, so <laughs> <laughs> you know. I, I really can't. I I don't. I think the thought process is the same. Uh, like I said, probably key differences is the number of hard workouts you do a week, um, and probably your goals change a little bit between thirty and fifty as well. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're more focused. Probably as you get older, for most runners, I think they get more focused in a particular area. You know, if you will, track or cross country or because uh, you know with Chattanooga Track Club we have the the Masters cross country team. And there's some guys that really like to do that. I particularly not a fan of cross country. It just doesn't appeal to me. But I do like the five. You know, for the track, indoor and outdoor nationals. I like the uh, the uh, road racing 5K all the way to marathon as well. So I think we probably get more, if you will, more focus as we get older as well. Um, do you feel like you've got more focus, or do you do you try to avoid that with your? I mean, because Obviously, like we talked about, you you race everything from in the last eighteen to twenty months. You've run everything at national yeah. championships from one mile up to a marathon. Um, I think as most people, that as they get older, get more focused. For me, um, I like the uh, variability of uh, running everything from you know my cycle is March is indoor nationals. Mm-hmm transition a little bit more mileage still some good track workouts august would be the outdoor nationals if you would for track the 3k steeple or 10k 5k and then transition and build my miles up even through that time period lay off just before those those championships and then continue on for an october october november uh marathon and then come back with a january february half marathon that's kind of my cycle so yeah um Cool. And, and, and that helps you, that, that variation, that variance, you know, you, you, you pretty much feel like that's, that's what keeps you going. That's what keeps you strong. Yeah. If you think about it, it's still kind of a college schedule. It's just longer <laughs> that's distances. True. That's true. Yeah. So for me, that's what I like. But I think as mo- what my, a lot of my running buddies that are my age or forties or fifties, they get more focused in particular areas, mm-hmm. especially at nationals. Cause I know all the, at the national level, all my competitors from the mile, 
to the marathon, and they're not the same group of people. Right. Right. Do Do you feel like, um, you know, some is that being able to use the variation of training? Do you think that's just because of the way your body's built, or do you think if more people did that, they'd be better overall as runners at the masters and grandmasters level? I think they'd probably be better overall because the the ones that focus on the track, the quick stuff, the mile, the 3K, 5K, they tend to be injured more often because okay. even in college we used to say speed kills. So mm-hmm. the more you know, the the, the 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 more speed workout you're doing, the ones you know in college you may have 15, 16 on your squad, but all you need is seven to total line. So the one, the seven that, that survive the speed workouts are the ones that are going to make it through. And I think that pertains to them too. The ones that tend to be injury-free for my age group are the ones that are anywhere from 5K to marathon. Okay, that, that makes sense. Um, so Hugh, what what right now, or or you know, not right now as in necessarily this second, but kind of at this point in your life, what's an average training week look like? Uh, currently it's uh, 65 to 80 miles a week. Um, I want to in a couple of weeks be up. I want a couple of uh, 100 mile weeks. It's tough with the schedule I keep. So then when I get to 100 mile weeks, it's pretty much five days a week I'm going to be up early in the morning running right. on top of the evening. And so that makes a very tough weekend. It takes me a couple of weeks to recover from that, but it's very beneficial for me in the long run right before the marathon. Probably about nine weeks out from marathon is very good. Um, so we're probably looking at, uh, you know, first week of September kind of thing for me. But um, I, I, other than that, and then uh, as we, after the marathon, I'll drop down to 50 to 60 miles a week uh, with a couple of hard 10-mile temp, tempo runs in there, uh, maybe a track workout once in a while. So I'll start transitioning then. Uh, by December, I'll have had a 3K outdoors. Even though it's winter here, I'll have a 3K uh, time trial just to see where I'm at and then try to figure out what speed workouts I need to get in there to increase that lake turnover so I can be competitive come uh, March in the uh, indoor nationals. And then after that, I'll uh, start ramping it back up, probably 65, 70 miles a week and uh, get ready for, if you will, the summer sessions. So it's kind of way that rolls. Cool. Yeah. Um, so you, uh, you know, and, and you, you took sort of took some time off the sport, at least as a serious competitor, um, and then got back into it when, you know, when you were in your early forties, what, uh, what did you do? You know, what did that process look like getting back into it? You know, for anybody who may have taken some time off, uh, themselves and they're interested in getting back into it. How would you advise them to do that? Or how did you do it? Or how would you advise them to do it? Well, I had talent already. I mean, I was a runner. So for me, my trans, but the, I will say the generic, if you will answer is transition slowly. Mm-hmm. Don't jump out there and think you're going to do 50 mile weeks <laughs> within the first three or four months. It's not going to happen. Right. So if you've taken, I mean, but I mean, I was physically fit, so I was still running. I could still, you know, run a very quick mile, but I wasn't racing. So if the average person has done very little mileage, I would say, you know, come back slowly. I personal train people, so I always try to figure out what they've done, where they're at, what's their body mass index, because that's a key indicator for me. Because if you're carrying too much weight, you're not going to, the first goal is to lose the weight so we can get the mileage. 
because uh, you're not going to be able to do the mileage uh, with additional too much weight on you because you're going to get injured. Injury-free, good training would be the first year of goals for me for somebody. That's what I do with them. Okay. Um, what is, you know, let's say somebody's, I don't know, 30 pounds over what might be their racing weight. How would you uh, – how do you kind of approach – you know, do you say, all right, we want to lose these 30 pounds over the course of that year? Or, you know, do you say, well, like, let's maybe do it in like eight months. And then that way you can have a few months before that end of that first year where you're kind of ramping up the training a little bit and, and pounding the body a little bit and seeing what it can handle. Or what does that look like? Kind of depends on their athletic experience in the past okay. as, as it pertains to running. But let's say they were a runner. So if they were whatever, let's say uh, they're 30 pounds overweight, uh, they were a distance runner at one time, and they've been doing some exercise, that 30 pounds, the goal would for me and that person, I would try to establish that they would lose it within three to six months. Okay. If they did not have much of a running background before, uh, then I'd probably go six months to a year to lose that weight because I can't get the running in in there anyway so it's like we'll take our time to lose it and then you might focus for that person the first person if you will that running experience we would focus on a good 5k within three months the person that had not trained much we look at a good uh, a 5k in three months but a real good 5k within the next year okay yeah cool. um and how you know kind of on a you on a macro scale how would you structure that training um you know over that first year what would that you know uh would you yeah if you take a person that's never run before then i'm probably going to keep them at plus or minus a couple miles at 15 miles a week of jogging and walking for almost a good month mm -hmm. and then and then transition and then i try to put in core work and other things for them as well and i work with the individual and what they're strong they may have some when you get into your 40s and 50s, they have some injuries or whatever, so you got to work around that. But a person that's pretty fit, then uh, then I'm going to get them to uh, probably 20 miles in that first three or four weeks, see how they respond with probably a long run of six to seven miles. And then after that, we readjust, and I probably go to, um, depending on the person, what they want to do, if they get real aggressive, a, a moderate runner probably will stay around 20 to 30 miles a week. And then a person who really wants to improve, probably get them up to 40 miles in a, in two to three months a week. Yeah. Yeah, that makes but sense. Again, but again, the key thing is injury-free. And so uh, I run, when I personal train, I run with the people at least once a week to see how what their gait looks like, what their weight looks like, uh, listen to their breathing. And then I adjust the pace as we run to see, you know, roughly – uh, where they're at. So then I can adjust their workouts from there. And everybody responds differently. Everybody has different goals. And not everybody's going to be a national level runner. So they have personal goals that they're looking at, you know, 25-minute 5K or 20-minute 5K, whatever that is. And based upon their history, then I'll adjust their workouts. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, now, kind of transitioning away from the theoretical and back back towards you as a as a as a grandmasters runner, what are your personal goals for yourself uh, over the next few years in running? Uh, well, this year, um, I want to, I uh, actually was going to go to uh, 
the outdoor, speaking of injuries, I was going to go to outdoor track and field championships, which was a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. or almost three weeks ago, maybe in July. And then the world outdoor championships in Brazil are in October. But after getting sick uh, twice in the spring and then getting run down from racing, I just decided that I'd scrap those goals. Uh, I, I pretty much scrapped the idea of becoming runner of the year for track, track new track club. And the only reason is that you have to run so many races and I've missed a few of those on purpose for training. Uh, I didn't want to reduce my mileage. So my ultimate goals right now, I think for the next 12 months are to, uh, have the 15k USATF championships, October 26th in Oklahoma to get in the top three of my age group there. Okay. Um, and then two weeks later, turn around and win the Chickamauga Battlefield Marathon. And then recover from that and train through the winter and go indoors at Boston next March. Uh, and really, really get up inside that. Uh, I've always been about anywhere from third to fifth of my age group in the 3k indoors, but really crack inside that top three real hard. And then transition from that and uh, outdoor track next year, steeple and, and, uh, and the 10k as well. So um that's my goals and of course a lot of local races and and maybe even another half marathon in there in january february time period we have some uh local half marathons and set a couple of state records as well so that'd be good okay cool yeah that sounds like uh that sounds like a busy next year that you've got ahead of you um yeah you gotta balance the training in there <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely um now what would be you know and and this I guess this will close the interview and I just want to thank you a lot for you know giving us the time and and you know kind of giving giving these tips and stuff for our audience and for me because one day I guess I'm going to be 50. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we all get there eventually. <laughs> exactly. Um, Although I did take a t I took a test online and said I was 29, so I was pretty good. In terms of <laughs> in terms of fitness or what? In fitness. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Uh, and and I think. Um, I think probably your your variation, your variance of training, and and you know all that probably probably helps with you know keeping yourself fitness wise, looking and feeling younger, um, and that probably explains why you're able to compete at a national and international level as a grandmasters runner. Because probably I would imagine most of those guys at those national and and world championships uh, probably you know physically act more like a like a 30 or 35 year old than a 50 or 55 year old um but what would be your top tips for you know a grandmasters racer or even masters runner who's who's racing uh that you know may not be the most obvious mm. well they're obvious but people overlook the obvious you got to state the obvious sometimes <laughs> one is um allow recovery after hard workouts and listen to your body more okay You've got to listen to it because, uh, for instance, I was going to do a 20 mile today, and and uh, after getting in on the red eye last night, I was like, "There's no way that's going to happen." So slept in a couple hours, relaxed, and then I went and pounded a 15 miler instead of 20 miler. So it'll work out just the same as far as the workout goes. So listen to your body. Um, you've got, if you want to be competitive, you have to have a huge amount of base miles that are um, also injury free. Where you just, and I also, I run with heart rate now sometimes. I, you know, my, you know, with the resting heart rate of 32, I can probably run 
a little bit longer with a little bit higher heart rate, but it's recovery for me. So monitor your heart rate on a couple runs a week. That's always good. And then um, you've got to you've got to work the core, especially as you get older. Uh, it's it's uh, as you get older, it's actually harder to lose the weight. I don't know why, but it is. So you really have to watch your nutrition and and work out on your core at least twice a week. Very very good, very very well. Okay, um, I'm interested in your thoughts on the on the heart rate monitor, or, or at least how you, do you, do you kind of track that over a period of time and, and say, okay, you know, that's staying in the right, in the right zones, or how do you do that? I, I, you know, I'm kind of a by feel person, um, <laughs> but, but I do watch if for me, I know um, a recovery run, if let's say I've gone an eight mile recovery run after a, a very hard, uh, like for instance, after a 65 mile uh, stretch there in three days, I ran uh, the next day, I ran, uh, I think, six or seven. And I was really trying to keep my heart rate not going above 130. And that was a struggle because I was extremely tired. So the nice thing about the heart rate monitor will tell me that if I'm tired and or if I'm feeling good, then then it's easier to monitor my 130, for me, the 130 to run easy. Mm-hmm. Um, find that where that's at so that I would, I didn't, I wanted to run faster. It's probably at that that 130 heartbeat uh, rate was probably about 815 miles pace for me, and I wanted to go faster, but I realized I couldn't because I just knew that that as soon as I took one step faster, my heart rate ran up to 145. So I said I can't do that. I've got to recover. So it, I work it that way, if you will. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. And is there any? <clears throat> I didn't I didn't you know include this in the pre-interview, and maybe I should have. Um, but it kind of just popped in my head. Are there any resources that you've, you know, as a that have been really important to you as a grandmasters runner that you've kind of found over the years, or you know, has it just been your knowledge from being around the sport your whole life? Um, believe it or not, you can go back and use younger work, younger people's workouts and models. But you know, a lot of even believe it or not, Runners World actually has several workouts in there for master runners from time to time. They have a master's uh, runner highlighted and they talk about their workouts. But if you go back to, uh, I'm talking way back to the fifties uh, um, and you look at the Hungarians and their workout, or you look at the, uh, uh, um, even further than that, and you look at the, uh, young Finnish runners uh, back in the 20s and 30s, their work, not necessarily their speed, but their types of workouts, meaning intervals or repetition, long repeats. Uh, intervals for me are 400s to 600, 800s, but I'm talking about 1K, 2K, 3K repeats, all those different types of things, and really mix up your training. And uh, and have a, when you're, when I transition from the marathon, I'll start out with 1K, 2K, 3K repeats, but by the time I get to February, I'm down into the 2, 4, 6 really quick. So look at how you transition as well. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, the resources is just read about other runners, and they can be younger runners, but you take the younger runners' workouts and and change the, the, the rest period and the, and the time of that particular run to yourself to fit yourself and then it, it, it's a lot of fun yeah and that's the key thing i was going to say is masters and grandmastering you have to make the workouts fun because you've been running a long time so you got to keep it lively yeah how do you you know just real quick what's a what's an example of of how you you personally keep stuff fun 
Well, for me, when I'm doing a third, uh, you know, anywhere from a 15, 16 miler with a guy that's like 25 and he's talking about how hard it is and we're still, and we're running together, that's keeping it lively for me. <laughs> for others, you're going to have to find whatever the, it has to fit within your goals. If it's just going out on a Saturday and getting that eight to 10 miler in and it's a beautiful day and you're enjoying the day uh, in nature and all that, that's, that's keeping it lively. Find it within yourself what's important for you and your goals and make sure it's it, it, it's uh fun yeah because you got to keep it fun yeah I, I, and i think that's probably actually important for any runner of any age yeah don't exactly don't put too much pressure on yourself set the goal um and if you don't get that goal then just reassess and go after another one yeah absolutely well uh thank you so much for your time today hugh um this this has been a, a great interview I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Good runnings to everybody. Yes, sir.